Welcome back to What's Left to Do. I'm your host, Janelle. Let's pick back up with young Rob and his evolution into becoming a union man. The guilt that you felt after seeing that you had been accepted to Princeton um, on a full ride or near full ride, um, was it that, did you feel that there was a possibility that you would you would have to separate yourself from whence you came, be it, be it via proximity, via, you know, um, like mentally, culturally, did you, did you feel that you would, you were that, that, that acceptance necessarily meant a separation in order to fully inhabit that acceptance? Yeah, I think so in some way Mm. that like, at the very least, like, I feel like when I first got there, like, my freshman year, like, I almost felt, I felt differently about that whole, like, I'm, like, that, like, there were, I, I experimented with not throwing the caveat after, like, I'm from the cave. Just ah. letting people believe it and just sort of being like, okay, I guess I can kind of pass. Huh. just say that. I uh-huh. do know what the, you know. It's I like, know what they mean by I that. I know what they mean by mm-hmm. that. And I could, you know, I could, I guess I could talk the talk. I do know that summer's a verb yeah. for y'all. Like. <laughs> So, like, you know, and maybe even, you know, like, I would see sometimes, like, people with, like, you know, like, sweatshirts, like, Cape Cod sweatshirts mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which, like, you know, wouldn't be cut dead wearing a Cape Cod sweatshirt <laughs> because that is just tourist yeah. shit. Yeah, but that's like, right. But it's just almost the, like this, like, oh, yeah, I like I like that, too. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm from there, actually. Like, oh, no way. My, my parents have, mm-hmm. like, you know, oh, we have a house in wherever. And mm-hmm. it's just, like, my initial experience there. And, like, I went and I, and I joined the sailing team because I had, mm. yeah, crazy like i mean i had this you know once again like strange um strange misconceptions about the world growing up on the coast like our high school had a sailing team we Mm -hmm. were fortunate enough that like somehow somebody at some point like donated boats to the school Mm -hmm. and like we were able to like without like just as as a school like as a as a sport Mm -hmm. like just go freaking sail Mm -hmm. and like it was what i did in the summer to like giving giving lessons to to make money along with like you know busting tables and everything else and like really learn to love the sport as mm-hmm. a thing like you know like racing sailboats was a really cool thing and i think like maybe i was into the like image mm. there mm. where it's sort of like i get to cosplay as the rich people when i mm. s- race the boats and then i beat their ass like it was just <laughs> sort of like like i just was really into this fact that like i ended up pretty good at sailing mm-hmm. and like that yeah, sometimes beat ass. them and yeah. then just be like Fucking hell yeah. yeah like <laughs> yeah exactly like i'm sticking it to you over here yeah, like i'm right. just like you know freaking young rob like you know like you know <laughs> still just, shaking my fist yeah exactly and just like i feel like a little bit of that carried through and i was like well yeah obviously i'm gonna keep sailing in mm-hmm. college this is great and mm-hmm. like oh i'm like sort of like well it seems kind of similar like mm-hmm. there's this whole but whoa, was it even, it was, turn it up to 11. Like whatever yeah. contrast and weird shit that I felt like on the Cape doing mm-hmm. that whole thing, kind of like, you know, the little underdog situation. The Princeton sailing team, that's the real, that's, yeah. yeah. There were a lot the of people who joined the fucking, like, you know, and it's like, <laughs> it's a lot less about the sport of racing sailboats. Yeah. It's about the fact that you get to say that you're on the Princeton sailing yeah. team. And yeah. I don't think I had any real, like, took me a while to put together all of the, 
complexity that was mm. in that and mm. like the number of people who just come and have never fucking sailed a boat before but are just like i'd join the sailing team that mm. sounds like it's good social capital sure. and it's just like you know that freshman year how different i re- like i tried you know like i leaned in for a second and tried to see if i could fit in in this like environment so one time we like you know the columbia sailing team was coming over for like a little you know a kind of you know, scrimmage match sort of thing. And mm-hmm. we were like hosting them on campus. They were like just crashing with us for the night and then we were going to go sail the next mm-hmm. day. And um, so they were like, oh, let's do something. You know, like we got to do something with the team. You know, the pitch was like, oh, let's all go out to Thai Village and like, you know, we'll rent the room upstairs and, you know, okay, how about everybody pitch 25 bucks and we can get this thing. And I was like, whoa, guys, come on. Like we how about like we've done this before we can get a room in the dining hall Mm -hmm. and like we've got plenty of guests you know guest swipes we can guess everybody in it'll be great we'll have our own thing and we'll just like you know let's just let's just vibe there we've Mm -hmm. done that before and they're like don't be silly like they're in town and we want to like do a thing and i'm just sort of like yeah but i like we've already paid for the meal plan like it's already there like I'd, i'd rather not Go out, like uh, you know, spend yeah. additional money. When exactly, we could do exactly. These same and it's thing like for free. you know, I have my financial obligation to the school was like my summer earnings mm-hmm. essentially. So mm-hmm. it's just like I didn't really have to take out loans to do anything, and my parents weren't expected to contribute, but I was expected to come up with some like thirty five hundred dollars every summer or something mm-hmm. like that. And so like I would work through the summer and make you know maybe. T- couple you know a couple thousand dollars like busting my ass freaking busting tables and things half of it would go to the school and the rest would be like what i would try to make just last. like make it you know last through the through the year and yep. like i didn't want to fucking spend 25 dollars on thai village just to fuck around and like yeah. you know whatever and like and i thought that it would be understandable like that the idea that i wouldn't want to you know that 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 could be something I would care about not spending my money on. Right, couldn't be understood. That I was like almost shouted down as if it was ridiculous huh. that I could like because to them think, it was no yeah, thing. It's yeah, like, it was just like, what do you on. mean? Like, right. come on, you fucking like what? Right. We're gonna do the dining hall, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's what I where I print. It's not like it's yeah, you know, it's not like exactly. A, a it's just like spoon. we're all yeah, we're all you know, you we all have the dining hall. Like that's right. what so, you know. It's not terrible. Right. Like, and I realized in that moment just how distinct those experiences were that these people, like that my classmates had, that they weren't malicious mm-hmm. in this moment, right. but they literally lacked understanding mm-hmm. of the fact that that could be significant. Right. For someone uh, yeah. in a different situation. Right. And like, and I think that that was just like, whoa. Hmm. I can't cosplay that. Like, mm. you know, like I can, you know, I can, I can wear a vest. Like, sure. <laughs> you know, like I can try, I can comb my hair to the side or some shit. But right. like, I don't know how to forget what money means. Huh. Like, and that I think was like started to make me feel more isolated from that. And mm-hmm. like, I really leaned into studies like freshman year, I grinded my ass off and it was just like and then i burnt the hell out i was like i hate this like i after your freshman year yeah pretty Mm. much i was like i mean i worked in the lab over the summer and i was interested in all that shit but i just ran out of gas like Mm. it was sort of like i tried to do the same thing which was like first try to see if i can fit in 
realize I'm not super fitting in with this social vibe. So I'm like, well, what do I know? I can grind. I know how to grind. And then I ran out of grind juice. Mm -hmm. And I was (laughs) just like, fuck, like now what? Mm -hmm. And then like, you know, my sophomore fall, I was just depressed as Mm -hmm. hell. Mm Because I felt like it was like, okay, I made it here, but fucking now what? Like this is miserable. And then ultimately, like, you know, the thing that sort of saved me was finding, you know, this community of like 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 minded ish people like you know there's Princeton has this whole crazy eating club. Concept. I was about to ask you about yeah. that. One of my homegirls went to Princeton and she also came from a you know humble background mm-hmm. and you know got into Princeton and mm-hmm. like it was you know class expectations were very different and like mm-hmm. these supper clubs are 10 20 grand a year and yeah. she's just like and the food wasn't even good so no like all my friends were trying to you know we're joining right. supper clubs and would and i kind of was on the outs because i refused to join one because mm-hmm. she didn't she wasn't she didn't she wasn't gonna how was she gonna come up with you right know, 20 right. 20 grand for this yeah mm-hmm. and so like i ultimately like i i did join one of them the alt the alt um you know freaking like artsy stoner disaffected you know weirdo mm-hmm. weirdo club and i how much did that one cost um i think at the time it was some like 8300 uh, a year which is insane yeah. and like uh granted the school increased your financial aid junior and senior year to try to offset this difference it still left some like 1500 or 2000 dollars that i had to would have had to come up with in between and so i was like i can't really do that but i am desperate for some sort of a community and these people seem to recognize that this place is a shithole mm. and like and they're all like you know and, and and so i was sort of like if i end up becoming an officer of this club mm-hmm. i get free housing and huh. that offsets everything and i actually end up net positive oh okay and so it was sort of like all right, I got two options. Either I go independent and do my own vibe or I go full send on this shit mm-hmm. and try to like carve out a niche for myself and maybe ultimately like, you know, run this shit, get free housing and and come out and like, you know, find some, I don't just find something. Like, yeah, work my angle. Yeah, mm-hmm. work my angle there. And that ended up, you know, coming to fruition and all of my fellow officers pretty much were in similar backgrounds. Mm-hmm. It was like this weird thing where like it was like this, working class ah, these are the these are the work this is the working class revolt against yeah. the thing and it was like really funny because like the club wasn't necessarily all working class people sure. there were plenty of this like very particular vibe you know like it's like the 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 the, the rich left is yeah, like yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. the like you know the champagne yeah champagne, exactly yeah. where like you know you your parents probably like you probably like you know, they've got some nice professional job or whatever, and you grew up not worrying about any of this thing, but you did realize the inequality of the stuff, and then you started to care about it. And mm-hmm. not to, you know, in no way are your beliefs illegitimate, but yeah. you have a different set of experiences yeah, yeah, that yeah. lead to this yeah, thing. You don't feel it the same right. way. Right, and do. it's like, yeah. ultimately, like, you are the one that is funding my shit right now, yeah, so that's right. great, because your family can't afford to be mm-hmm. here, so cool. And, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm right. just going to, like, once again, it was weird, because it's like the vibe ended up almost being, like, the service industry once mm-hmm. again, in that, like, here's a club where... The things that we are administering are like a place where meals are served. So mm-hmm. we're trying to keep that organization running. Mm-hmm. And then we would have like parties on the weekends mm-hmm. where we'd have live music there and mm-hmm. shit like that. So mm-hmm. we're essentially like running a nightclub was sure. more or less what we were doing sure. there. And it was like this weird thing where I was like, oh, my God, this is like this feels like my roots. Yeah. now. Like <laughs> I am here like running the, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I'm and like I talked to my dad about that a lot. We like connected over this you sure. know, kind of thing that he's like, yeah, it's freaking crazy. Right. Yeah. And then he was like weird because i felt like i was able to live like that was like my both sides situation Mm. where i was like i am like 
I don't know. It was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know how to make more profound conclusions about that other than like it was a neat, you know, echo. When you first got to Princeton, like what was the first thing that like scandalized you? Like, you know how sometimes, <gasps> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what it is. And it was actually one of the orientation like speeches <laughs> that infuriated me, mm. which was and like I know why. Like, they felt they needed to do it. I think that the, the line they used was, we don't make mistakes. Like, mm. you all deserve to be here. Mm. And it was just like, you know, okay, imposter syndrome, very real. Like, it's a thing. People, you know, it's it's a pressure cooker. There's a lot of, you know, everybody's fucking going nuts. Like, yeah. you know, mental health was in the garbage yeah. for most of all the people I knew there. Mm-hmm. And like, so yeah, very valid thing that they want to combat. Mm-hmm. But the way that it came out, I felt like it was like, no, this is a lie. Like, Hmm. because they were like, we don't make mistakes. Every single one of you are like the ones we wanted to be here and Mm. stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, Hmm. but I don't think that's nearly as important a message as like, there are so many others that could be here and we all need to be so thankful uh, for this position that we have this enormous privilege to be here Mm -hmm. and that we should make the most of it Mm -hmm. or something like that. Like that was the message that I would have wanted to hear Uh upon Uh getting there was Uh like, yes, this is awesome and we've all worked hard, but you know, what's really important to remember is just kind of how arbitrary this whole situation is. The institution is like complicit in this feeling like they are doing nothing to combat the entitlement that so many of the people here have but what could they do this that's why they exist right right exactly and like you know what is the thing that princeton has done better than any other school they have a massive donation machine that like they have the highest alumni giving rate Mm -hmm. of any school because they just work you and like you know and they also have one of the highest uh, like you know uh legacy admin rates and like just like Wow. Well, yeah. And like, you know, similarly, they just like have a whole like year round giant staff dedicated to putting together an annual reunions, yep. like capital R yep. reunions. Yep. That's what my like, friends told me. Surpassed the Indy 500 as the <laughs> largest single beer order in the United States. I believe like, that. And it's just like. What? But you weren't sed- okay. you weren't seduced by that even a little bit like this like I can I can remake myself I can be reborn and I don't have to be young Rob anymore from the Cape I can be rich Rob from here on out like that was I tried even it for a hot second like just that was during it. freshman like, year yeah pretty mm-hmm. much and then it was like that's disgusting I when can't but do when this you tried it what did that mean for you like what what how did you try and what was your what was your change in affect or behavior or posture? I mean, it was just not questioning the shit that I felt like I would have been questioning. Like the things that I was constantly like, what the hell? What is this? What is that? What are you doing? Like mm-hmm. just like turning that off for a second and just like going with the going flow. with the flow mm-hmm. and just like listening to people's conversations when they just talk about their vacations and their whatever and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And just like understanding that there's this whole like New York socialite world and that all of these people already know each other mm-hmm. and all of this shit and mm-hmm. that they know all the names of these high schools and that mm-hmm. this matters to people. And, sure. like, and just sort of being like, Mm-hmm. And then, okay well yeah. mm-hmm. and then when they asked me like oh i'm from cape cod and they're like oh that's cool mm-hmm. and i'm just like cool i passed right what was your fear like is it just was it sheer like was it pure social ostracization god that's a hard yeah, word that's to say ostracization ostrich ostrichification thank you yeah, um, <laughs> uh, yeah was it, that your fear or something or like were or like <sighs> like just like interpersonal meanness like what was the a little driving of everything the okay like okay. i think it was just sort of like 
I mean, just this like deep seated belief that ultimately, if they like that, like I just wasn't that there that there's a difference almost that like mm. that there is some fundamental difference, mm-hmm. which of course you know your class upbringing is pretty fundamental, yeah. but like that that is such a thing that it is actually impossible to bridge in some way that like that I ultimately would never be accepted in the same way. Mm. I guess. I and that, and like, I think part of it too is like, you know, again, there's this dissonance going on in my head of like, do I want to be that? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I was now starting to worry, like, wow, like I guess to, to do, to be convincing is to really abandon what I feel like is, mm. you know, and, and just sort of to, to decide to care about things that I didn't seem to want to care about. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is like, finance and consulting just driving so much of everybody's everything mm-hmm. and like many of these eating clubs just being ways of getting your network mm-hmm. of learning networking as a verb and mm-hmm. just being like what the hell right, is right. this like wh- is this what this is right. like and this just sort of being nice. like this is bullshit mm. like none of this has to do with like being the best students uh-huh. at anything like this is just such a garbage act that mm. like everybody's just i don't know and like it just i feel like it was i don't know the curtain was pulled back a little bit and mm. i felt like yeah everybody here is smart people are working hard that's not not true but it's not any m- profoundly more true than it is true in so many other places is there one particular instance that comes to mind of the curtain being pulled back like from you know like you you got there orientation was you heard that like you know egregious message like we don't make mistakes everyone right. here belongs here this is who we wanted here it was like right. Whoa, whoa excuse me what yeah. and then it was like you had a period of you know trying to you know trying to become right. of Princeton, be right. a Princeton man. But in, but while you're doing this, trying to just fly under the radar um, in, in a way that, you know, would lend people to believe that, you know, you do belong there. Mm-hmm. Like what, what was the, what happened or what were the series of events that happened where you were just like, oh, I, that's actually not important to me. You know, I just leaned in harder to, studies instead it was just sort of being like wow it seems like it's either this or you just ignore it and work hard and Mm -hmm. i guess i only know the the work part so i keep doing that i got to the point where it's just like what would i want out of it like i don't know like and maybe part of it was just literally like i don't even know what you guys are talking about Mm -hmm. i don't know what your goal is here you Mm -hmm. all seem to know what you're doing Mm -hmm. and like have this idea of like that there are things, steps that you take that get you places. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm. And just sort of like, you know, like, oh, you know, these people, you should talk to them. And like, oh, this, you know, we can go this and talk to these people. And like, oh, yeah, you know that company and that company. I'm like, I have no idea what any of this shit is. Mm. Like, just like household name things. Sure. Like, I don't know. Like, it's all just kind of this big blur in my head of just like all of these words and attitudes and behaviors that I wasn't familiar mm-hmm. with. Was it completely immaterial or completely material? Like, were they talking about like uh-huh. abstract? In the, ahead, if, if, if it could be both at the same time, uh-huh, I feel uh-huh. like like it's simultaneously material and immaterial. That like you're pursuing this these structures that are associated with material wealth, but mm-hmm. ultimately have nothing 
but wealth and status as the goal in and uh, of themselves. Uh, like, there is no goal like I that I could perceive. Mm-hmm. It seemed like the goal itself was just to preserve the thing, like just continue to preserve and reproduce. Right, preserve and reproduce this class that mm-hmm. that had their own silly concerns. That and weren't. you didn't view that as a worthy endeavor because because it felt wrong because it wasn't fair all of these resources are going to your just like ego mm-hmm. and like all of this other and just like to be like that handbag you got could have fucking like you know made you know march april and may a lot warmer for me mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. like you know little shit like that mm-hmm. and just to be like you have no idea, do you? Hmm. Like you just You have no idea what what the things you take for granted yeah. or or the things that you covet, what that means materially for right, people right. who are not like you. Yes. Like yes. my Aprils would not have been so so tough, like with not even that bag, like the handle, the handle to that bag, right? Like the right. exactly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. And you don't, and you have no idea about that. You have no concept, and you don't care. And you don't seem interested, yeah, at all. And huh. it, yeah, and I think it was just sort of like, ah, uh, that's not me. Like I mm. can't not be. I don't know. Like I you can't, can't not care. You, you can't leave. You can't right. leave and like, that. That was just sort of like the like almost like again a what felt like a secondary fork almost was like. Am I really in this position where I have to choose either I go here and I abandon everything mm. or or I st- or almost like or is my alternative I go back where I came from mm-hmm. almost, you mm-hmm. know? What did you study at Princeton? Uh, so I started out studying physics mm-hmm. and was again because I was like science was great. Mm-hmm. And then um, physics was then I got, you know, I burnt out and I realized that I liked computer science that I was doing in the process of working on physics. I was working in a physics lab and I was like working on the code that they were using to analyze these images of the fruit flies that we were shooting lasers at to mm-hmm. figure out how their early pattern development mm-hmm. were going, you know, mm-hmm. good old science old shit. Sure, sure, and sure. like, then I think it was almost like, I feel like I caved in a little bit almost like there was a certain thing where I'm just like, ah, okay, well, turns out I'm good at computer science. Mm-hmm. And I do know that this has a, like, like I'm now very aware of the way in which this leads to a, that that financial stability is involved here mm-hmm. and that I've run out of juice. I don't want to stay in the academy. Like, I feel like it's not, I don't know. Like, I don't feel as comfortable vibing in here mm-hmm. indefinitely as I imagined I would. It's not just all like, you know, just the books and we get to do the books. It's like this whole weird world. Mm-hmm. And like, it was just sort of like, okay, you know what? The best thing I can do is, just like get some of this financial independence and go and see what I can do to help take some of this burden off of Mm -hmm. or, and just, and like, maybe I think the thing that I dreamed of being was the backstop, this idea that like I could feel comfortable. My parents could feel comfortable that like knowing that somebody in the family would be able, that there was a bottom that Mm -hmm. we knew that we would not end up in a certain, in a sufficiently dire situation because there was something, there was a floor underneath this. Mm. And like, I talked to my sister about this a lot too, because you know, she's in college here in the, in the city. Um, Oh, here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was part of why I came out here. I think Mm -hmm. was, um, yeah, she was, uh, going to university of San Francisco Mm -hmm. with tons of loans, like, and is just sort of like, you know, slowly like started, you know, kind of as time going on panicking more and more about this accumulation Mm -hmm. of, debt and 
the inability to take the type of risk that one need, like just sort of being like, I can't do an unpaid internship to try to get experience doing Mm -mm. this shit. Like Mm -mm. how on earth would it like, you know, or if I, I can't just like not know what my career is going to be and just start trying to rent an apartment. Like I got two months before it's just like fucking game over. Like what happens then? And I think that like, I mean, my sister and I have just done a lot of sitting and crying about this together, which Mm. is like, you know, being here now and having like being a software engineer and like having this just cushion is like, I mean, it's, it's something else just to like realize like for my sister to like have that feeling of like, Oh my God, this is what the difference between Mm. like these, you know, friends of hers from wealthier families that Mm -hmm. can take these sort of risks knowing that, you know, if they fuck it up, they're, they you know, they go okay. back to, they go back to, you know, mom's house and they recuperate yeah. and like, you know, and then they could do something else or yeah. like whatever. And just like, I think that knowing, like getting to that thing was just so crazy to have mm. the experience of knowing mm-hmm. that you're not going to end up like homeless if you take a risk and not, right. and it doesn't pay off. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, that was I got like, your back. And yeah, exactly. And I, and exactly. I can, and I'm like, the backstop. So you came and after you came to that conclusion in terms of switching your major, maybe just a little while after that, you then um, you became an officer in the Alti Supper Club. Yeah. And did that make the difference in terms of your social experience at Princeton? Yes. Okay. That saved your experience. It saved the entire thing. And like, again, like I think leaning into a leftist politic really like was part of that, that like there was Mm. this union of the like, the working class like people who gravitated here because they recognized the way that it felt like it was just, you know, like it was a rejection of this thing, which we didn't fit into Mm. along with these people who came from similar backgrounds, but Mm. ultimately, you know, kind of took, a, you know, a a structural look at it and Mm -hmm. was like, this is kind of whack. I Mm. think like, you know, I can recognize the way that this institution is, is crazy and I'm interested in finding people who feel similarly about it and like want to use the position that we have ended up in to do something better with it, I guess. And like, I think that was another interesting thing too, though, is that like, I feel like the wealthier people in this same club were a lot more likely to go into lower paying and like more, altruistic yeah altruistic thing like you know like going into like going into teaching and Mm -hmm. going into like you know non-profit work and stuff like that because they could afford to do that and like you know that was another interesting weird little tension is like being like oh shit now i'm choosing like what did i now in this community i am actually pursuing like money in a weird way and just sort of like then trying to be like okay like let's let's take a breath let's Let's take take a breath and be like okay like i I have reasons for doing the things that I'm That's doing right. and these are, valid. I have my and whole I family on my to, back. Yeah, exactly. And like, and whether or not like I ultimately, you know, that, that like, I don't know that like, I don't need to feel bad about that. No, like, I don't need to. Whatever. Ultimately you're and, still yeah, a worker. And like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that I think is something that I, you know, and maybe we're getting in a, uh, I don't know, but this is great. So, you know, the conversation is moving forward closer and closer to the present, but like that, I feel like it's something I think about a lot is the difference between like the working, you know, the working class as the working class as understood generally, that is like, I feel like something I more associate with my upbringing and like, you know, just the, 
service industry and et cetera, like, you know, essential workers, um, mm-hmm. as, uh, you know, one class among many, mm-hmm. uh, and then like the workers writ large, yeah. like those are the, the other of the two classes being the workers and the owners. And yeah. like, I think that that was something that sort of is part of it is that like, I can, you know, there's two, there's, there's, there's a, there's several ways of understanding the position that I'm in right now. And that to like, yes, there has been class transition. I am in a, spot that is you know materially very like huge privilege to have landed in the position that i'm in but that ultimately that does not invalidate my solidarity with Mm -hmm. the workers writ large Mm. that it doesn't invalidate my background it doesn't invalidate the principles that i care about because ultimately like there is a larger sense of the class that is the i don't know where the real conflict of like our economic system lies. Mm. I feel like the things between which like the real tension exists. Right. And I feel like, you know, a lot of that was almost like internalizing this intra worker conflict. That is such a great tool of the owners to like, you know, to distract from all of the real injustice, which is not even necessarily like, the individuals at Princeton that I was running into, it's not the case that all of them were like the children of the owners, right. but were almost themselves victims of this same overall structure mm, in which say more. the upper, like, I feel like part of what it feels like to be, you know, a Google worker, which is like, you were paid to shut up about the, like, you know, the inequality that's mm-hmm. here. Like we will pay you well enough and make you feel like you deserve this so that you take our side. And like, mm-hmm. and you will defend the system mm-hmm. because you earned it. Mm-hmm. And like, it's the same thing that Princeton tells you, like, you deserve this. Mm-hmm. We don't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And like, and it is that reinforcement of like, you know, uh, that again, like takes the focus away from the real conflict that's yeah. there. And mm-hmm. that like, what is the real conflict or what are some that of the conflicts? fundamentally, Oh, he about to drop. He, yeah, about to, he about to do it. That, <laughs> that fundamentally you must sell your labor for the privilege to survive. That mm. like we live in an economic system mm. that is defined by coercion on threat of death. This threat is not felt as poignantly by a large fraction of society, but that ultimately that is what is driving mm. the, you know, the structures themselves and that you can't like, you know, that the the meritocratic myth, you know, again, like is not, it, 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 it's, it's fake. But so, so so let me understand You don't believe that with enough hard work, grit, sacrifice that, you know, you're gonna you're you're gonna be the next Sergey. You're gonna be the Sergey of your oh, generation. Jesus, hell, like I mean, like <laughs> and it's just like well, like you know, for, like, it's like a couple of angles on that thing, which is like one, I don't want to be like you know. You don't want to be a billionaire. Not even a I good don't one? want to be a millionaire. I want to be free from the burden of feeling like I must continue to like sell my labor to survive like the Mm. thing that i and that i believe most people would want out of wealth is the freedom Mm -hmm. to not worry about what april's gonna feel like ah help us i felt that oh i got chilled on my back Uh (laughs) uh-huh what 
mind blowing is that you hold people down enough that they dream desperately of this wealth that mm. would let them escape the system uh. and that you convince them that they could have it, that being free is possible, that mm. this work could mm -hmm. get you mm. to that point where you no longer have to do it. And I think this same dream, you know, is what led my mom and dad each to try their own business. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, this idea that like there is a chance mm -hmm. and did not work out for either of mm -hmm. them. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, and yeah. And like, again, even just like that, they were able to try it is enormous, an enormous privilege yeah. like to have gotten you know to have been stable enough momentarily to be able to get loans from yeah. banks to be able to do all of these things like all of that is already winning like you know countless lotteries yeah. of existence there to be in that position and that even still it doesn't matter that no amount of hard work on the part of my dad like mm -hmm. you know he couldn't have worked harder yeah exactly mm -hmm. he literally could not have without mm -hmm. fucking you know having a heart attack yeah. um yeah. hatting yeah that's a good word Hatt um <laughs> yeah Having had, I guess. That's, mm -hmm. Maybe I'm ne neologizing. I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, look, at that's probably a new one, too. Very meta. Anyway, um, yeah. Through the end of your college career and, like, when you're about to go out and start working mm -hmm. in your career as an engineer, like, describe your... Describe your... Un describe your understanding of politics or what your politic was that you had arrived at going into your working career. You kind of already did, but just right. so, do well, it again. <laughs> yeah. So my first my first job out of college was at a um crypto blockchain startup. Oh God. Um so fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um and like I think, you know, I was drawn to that a little bit as you know, a, an alternative, like again, like that here this presented this opportunity to use my set of skills to like you know, be on the other side to, you know, decentralization as a goal mm -hmm. being like, you know, fundamentally like, you know, sort of equivalent to democratization, like this mm -hmm. idea of like, wow, this is maybe an opportunity to create something where there are not these hierarchies baked into the way that the system must function. Mm -hmm. And so like, I guess like in general, like I'm here being grumpy at the system, but not entirely sure how, but, like, you know, kind of almost, like, receding back a little bit to this point of, like, okay, first things first, I just need to take care of myself and get to the stability so that I don't have to, like, you know, I can't think about what one would do to make the, to to change this system if I'm still worrying about what April's going to feel like, mm, you know, like, mm -hmm. again, that's just, like, you know, being the analogy driving this. Uh, and th then this kind of, you know, opportunity felt like it was like oh maybe i get to do a little bit of both like i'll yeah. do this and then i'll also mm -hmm. kind of um you know i'll you know be able to be financially stable while trying to fight the man in some capacity <laughs> that was a whew, it was fucking a wild ride because it huh. turns out that like there was this really weird split of like just these like crazy libertarians yeah. and like like they were like you know i i reject a horseshoe theory in general uh sure. but in this case, there was some interesting like overlap between these crazy lefties wanting to use blockchains to build these like, you know, almost like, you know, syndicates, this kind of like, you know, these, you know, 
anarchist. Yeah, anarchist, like syndicate. digital anarchist like structures mm-hmm. that could be alternatives to states providing, you know, these basic guarantees that one would want out of a state. And at the same time, there are these libertarians that are like, get the government out of here. I'm yeah. going to fucking wild out whatever I want. No regulation. This is crazy. And then just like being like, buy a Bitcoin. I'm going to freaking Puerto Rico. No capital gains tax. I am yeah. getting the heck out of here because <laughs> I got my freaking cash money going to the moon, baby. And it's just like, that was wild. Just uh-huh. to see this coexistence of like, there are definitely some people here who I'm vibing with and a whole bunch of others who are just like, yeah, there's money over here. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, Damn. Okay, that's a ride. And then the whole thing was like, you know, they, they felt like a burning ship a little bit. Sure. And then around that time, a recruiter from Google reached out. And I was at that point, like at first I was sort of like rejecting the idea that I would ever go work. Like when I when I was in college, I was like, big tech, fuck that shit. Mm-hmm. I ain't doing it. I don't want to be in some like sort of a strict hierarchy like that. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in what those things are doing anyway. This is not good. I want to do something where I do blah, blah. anyway. Right. And then. At that point, I was like, I'm fried. This is insane. Uh, I will, <laughs> you're offering me structure and stability. I will take, I'll it. take it. And that's, right. that's how I ended up here. And like, you know, my position is in SRE. So like, it was again, like all of these little things that I feel like I'm like, okay, well, at least I'm not doing that. Like this entire time, I'm political insofar as I'm following politics. Gotcha. I am in, I'm engaged. Mm-hmm. I am watching. I am angry. Mm-hmm. But I am not doing that much sure and like you know like i guess like but you know, you're aware in, uh, yeah i'm aware uh-huh. and like you know all the way back in high school like i was like i did some canvassing for elizabeth warren's like you know original senate campaign like it was, it was like little things that i was involved in i knew i cared about mm-hmm. these ideas and things but again like i had not found any kind of a place where i felt like i was doing something mm-hmm. about it mm-hmm. and like again just sort of you know of course that adds to the general dissonance in my brain but sure. like getting to google i'm realizing that most of my coworkers similarly do not come from similar backgrounds. That's like, correct. They like a lot of these people, you know, like there's some comment that somebody made, which was like, you know, some sort of investment, something advice where they're like, they're just this offhand little bit that was just like, you know, most, most tech workers are not, um, are not as wealthy as their parents, you know, like there's this, and I was just sort of like, Ooh. bitch, I'm my family's bad. Right. Like, right. Right. And it's about? just sort of like, like to hear that, said as like a casual like well so like obviously you know here's one way that you can strategize your shit by relating to what your parents are having and this thing and i'm just like is that really true you're right i feel baffled by like this like sudden you know situation and i'm like how could it possibly be the case yeah that like you know being a young you know just like a young professional in this industry that you are not making that that you do not conceive of this as some sort of stupid you know like diff, i don't you know you know what i mean like, like that it's like dumb luck yeah like yeah up. that it like that you see it as like well i'm just on the way here's the first step yeah. and i'm keep going there whereas i'm like jesus hell like <laughs> what is this re- like what is, is happening over yeah, here yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's like you know i remember like just like conversations with my manager when it's like you know you have some sort of like salary conversation you tell you okay here's the thing and like I I'm just sitting there being like, are you serious? Yeah, right. <laughs> are you sure like, you want to give all of that to me? Right, yeah. right, and yeah. and just like sort of seeing his reaction and just being like, ha ha, I'm just like, wow, you feel awkward about the fact that I feel awkward about this. <laughs> like, this is all blowing my mind. Yeah, that, like, right. like just to be to see you not be floored by this yeah. is making me floored. Yeah. Like, there is a union effort being organized at Google. It's flying under the radar enough. Mm-hmm. To not be thwarted before it 
is started mm -hmm. and you are approached or you're in discussions with or what however that happened mm -hmm. what it, tell me what your thinking is when evaluating whether or not to become a part of this effort like how were you thinking about this how were you looking at it how did you reason mm -hmm. it I mean for me it was like as soon as I heard about it it was like yes sign me up I'm signing not, card not right no, now. no no just like thought, yo, really. we're doing I it. mean like I knew that this was something I cared about in the abstract mm -hmm. that like you know I had been in touch with some you know, there are people who are similarly expressing this frustration yeah. like I am slowly again finding that subset of the community of my coworkers that that seem to have some similar set of experiences and care similarly and I think like you know, a union in the abstract represents just a way of organizing the workers. Like, it is young Rob just vibing around as a little tiny freaking tadpole in this massive trillion-dollar, like, freaking global corporation that yeah. is doing God knows what right. with God knows what stupid amounts of money controlled by such a small handful of people mm -hmm. making decisions that upset me that I feel like I have to answer for in my mm -hmm. daily life where mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my God, I'm participating in this shit that I don't, you know, often that there are decisions being made by the company that I do not agree with. Mm -hmm. We're making contracts with, you know, making some defense contracts, defense contracts yeah. and like CBP and all of these things that like, I'm like, I do not like this. This makes me feel, this really adds to that dissonance that I already feel where mm -hmm. I have to wake up and be like, am I is this okay? Am I allowed mm. to do this? Am I compromising all of my values by continuing to go into work? Like, here? But, so you said in the abstract, a union's purpose mm -hmm. is to organize the workers, mm -hmm. but, and maybe this is too close, but concretely, how do you, what do you view as the purpose of unions and their benefit to workers concretely? It is simply i think a alternative to profit as a principle that can like hmm. exist as a as a thing to consider in the workplace i guess like and this, this seems Tell like me what you mean by that yeah that still like, sounds very abstract yeah yeah, yeah uh -huh. you're right you said concretely and then i went even farther out <laughs> um but like Everything is driven by the profit motive in general, and we think that this is the thing that will make the best outcomes for all of the people, we mm -hmm. being the capitalist mm -hmm. establishment. Mm -hmm. And, like, uh, along the way, there is no, like, independent consideration as a guiding principle. Like, what does this mean for the people whose labor are making this possible? Mm. And, like, I think it is, like, a union is a structure mm -hmm. through which that question is asked mm -hmm. like, and arbitrated and arbitrated. Huh, yeah. And huh. I mean like, you know, arbitrated almost feels like too interventionist in some way, but it is like, it is, it is organized. It is uh -huh. gathered. The opinion of the workers is solicited, uh -huh. you know, which, but is it just solicited? What I'm trying to get at mm. is in your conception of the need or, and or benefit of unions, is it that, at its at their essence unions are are the only countervailing force to capital in in a firm or no i mean you know i would say it is the the workers you know like union is just a a wrapper around the workers which are the countervailing force to 
capital, the corporation is made up of capital and workers. Mm-hmm. Like, and these are the things that are kind of in tension. They're mm-hmm. those that own the capital and then those that work on the capital. Right. And I think that like often it is not the case that there is a structure that allows for the workers to be a countervailing hmm. force. Especially you know? in tech. Exactly. Especially mm-hmm. in tech. And so I think that like a union is a way of, it is a locus, you know, to gather mm. that power to like essentially to create a vehicle by which one can understand one's power mm, almost and, and eventually exercise it uh-huh. in some way and that is why you didn't hesitate when right when right. asked or or approached right. or whatever mm-hmm. workers deserve to have a, wor- a voice in their workplace because they, because it is their labor that makes it possible it also is worth noting that like well, yeah, software engineers, white collar workers uh, at you know companies like Google are compensated very well, but that is not the majority of those employed by the company right. or by companies contracted by the company. Yeah, you know, that's right. like the majority of people doing labor for Google are blue collar workers. It's a mix of blue collar and not as well, not as generously compensated white collar professionals yeah. doing the grunt work. You know, union membership has fallen dramatically since its peak in like the mid 20th century. Mm -hmm. And along with that, like wage growth has stagnated and inequality has gone up Mm -hmm. massively. Mm -hmm. And just that like, you know, that correlation does not seem spurious. Like, (laughs) and if there is something that I could hope to come out of this, it would be momentum Mm. to like, you know, reinvigorate a labor movement in the United States, which has been atrophying Mm -hmm. for the last 80 years. Mm -hmm. And like, I think, that that would be like you know the real like that these types of unions show up in more and more industries that a counterbalancing force emerges Mm -hmm. to what currently feels like such a profoundly concentrated amount of power Mm. in the hands of a few owners yeah and like i think that just you know with electoralism being a, a game that we're never quite sure about you know that <laughs> like right. we just don't know what we're gonna That's actually right. be able to get out of anything there that like having another avenue isn't just the market you yeah. know that yeah. like uh or or just like you know a hope for a politician that might be different than all the others or yeah. you know now yeah. that we missed our shot uh at saint bernard well, like we, we're we gonna didn't, we okay. didn't miss it right. we Sorry. did yeah. all we, we could did not miss but, it. but yeah, now yeah, that yeah. the but he's a spent force at this right. point. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just that, like, you know, here's another avenue. Yeah. Maybe maybe this Let's is a way something. that we can... Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so maybe five years from now, it catches on. It's It's been catching on that uh-huh. there are more unions and that this emerges as something that people can turn to when they are upset with things that corporations do. That mm-hmm. there is somebody to say, hey, we agree that mm-hmm. that is not good mm-hmm. and... Here is a collection of people who have the power to do something about it because, mm-hmm. in fact, you can't do this without us. Mm. And so if we collectively decide that yeah. we do not want to do this, yeah. like, you will not be able to, to do, do this. It. And you need to, like, you know, 
bargain. Yeah. You need to come to the table yeah. and say with the workers. Yeah, with the not workers. Not your board, exactly. not your shareholders, of which yes, we are we mm. are shareholders, but you need to come to the table right. with workers like this this is the work that we seek to do. As a result of your involvement mm. in joining this union, do you now see labor as uh the 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 realm that is most that can be most affected by leftist energy and organization yes yeah i definitely do and mm. i think that this you know the pandemic has done a lot to lay that bare as ah. well and that like you know like certainly this is a different corner of of labor but that in general i think the collective consciousness is waking up to the value of labor mm. that like even the term essential worker like you know as much as it's used to deflect from the fact that like we are exploiting these people mm -hmm. it is also something that you can't help but realize is meaningful that these people are essential mm -hmm. that like we we live in a society and like this society is built on labor right. and that like, I think, and these people's labor, we cannot do without. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that in general, that the people's labor, mm -hmm. we cannot do without. Mm -hmm. And that I think that, you know, in a uncertain political climate that we need labor is a truth that doesn't really change. Like so long as we have capitalism, mm -hmm. like we, will have like you know a fundamental conflict between workers and owners That's and it. so long as this remains like we need to put energy into making sure that the workers have a voice otherwise it you know it's just the owners i really can't overstate how much i enjoyed conducting this interview It'll be really interesting to see how union activity continues to develop in tech from the office workers at Google to the warehouse workers at Amazon's Alabama facility. Watch this space. Anyway, uh, help your darling host grow this humble podcast by sharing it with friends, eh? I'd really appreciate it. Okay, see you next week. <laughs>